Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. Welcome, all of you watching online. Welcome, church family, friends, and and family. Uh, It's so cool to be able to do this, right, to celebrate uh, the birth of our Savior. Um, It's a great time for us uh, to be together as a family to celebrate who Jesus is and what he has done for us. Christmas is a time of celebration, right, where we eat too much, right? Uh, A time where we exchange gifts, a time that we spend together, and... um, it's so awesome, right? Especially having no restrictions and to be able to, to do this is so amazing. Uh, at the same time, when it comes to Christmas, we know that it's way more than food. It's way more than gatherings. It, it, it's about the, the birth of the Messiah, right? Jesus. And in Hebrew, it's Yeshua or Joshua, uh, in, in meaning that he is the deliverer, he is the savior, and he came to redeem us, he came to save us. And the question that we have to ask ourselves, why? Right? Why did he come? Why did he come to rescue us? Why did he come born in a manger where he left the glory of heaven? And like it says in Philippians chapter 2, that he became the servant of humanity. Why? And, and I think that answer is found in another name that we, find, uh, that we find for Jesus. It's found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It says, All right then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And in Matthew, we see the fulfillment of that word through the, born, uh, through the birth of the Messiah, where it says in verse 18, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You know, the greatest story when it comes to the gospel, or what we find in the gospel as being the heart of the gospel, is the fact that God wants to be with us. When we look at Christmas, when we look at the gospel, when we look at um, the journey of Jesus, And when we look at the Old Testament, the New Testament, we see one thing. It's to see God's desire to be with us. And when we go through the word and we go through the the gospel or when we go through uh, the words uh, that we find in in the Bible, we see the desire of God to be with us. When you pick and choose different verses, you miss out on this grand story of God loving us and God wanting with us, be with us. I remember a few, few months ago, I had the privilege to go to Calgary. It was a pastor's gathering. In the afternoon, I had the afternoon off, so I decided to go to, to uh, uh, the provincial park in, in, in Alberta, sorry. It's called Kananaski Provincial Park. Most people, they go to National Park, they go to Banff, but I decided to go to Kananaski. And uh, I met one of the officials there, one of the guys working in the park, and I asked him if there was a great place where I could, a place where I could go, um, open my laptop, uh, sit in the shade, and enjoy a river or enjoy uh, a beautiful scenery. And he told me a place to go, and I did, and it was just amazing. I was sitting there, I was looking at creation, I was hearing the water flowing, and, and seeing the mountain, it was amazing. But there was something missing. 
is usually when I do this, when I am in nature where we, when I go on a trip, I have my wife along, and Michelin was in there, and it was like, it's not the same, right? And it's hard to explain how relationships work, right? It's like there's a, an attachment that it's hard to explain. We, we, it's a hard attachment because you're, you're linked to people that you love. And, and when you are linked with the people that you love, when you see them, something happens inside, right? It's really hard to explain. I remember when I was a kid, one of my sisters lived eight hours away. And that's before the era of cell phones, Right? We used to travel with no cell phones, right? We used to face sometimes crazy weather with no cell phone. And I remember she, she, they, they left, um, they, always, they would always leave early in the morning and then they would trek up north, northern Ontario. And we knew it would take them about eight or nine hours. And so my mom was calculating, okay, they should be arriving in half an hour or so or an hour or so. And she would tell me, Claude, go to the window and see if they're there. And so I remember going and running at the window and, and I would say to my mom, oh, they're not there yet. And, and, but the anticipation of having my sister Carol come to the house, it brought so much excitement. We had a family gathering last night and, and uh, my son, Jean-Marc, from the city, he uh, was facing a storm. It was windy. And, and at one point, we didn't know if it was going to come or not. And then you say, ah, oh, can I say bummer? It was like, ah, oh, it might not come. And, and I, oh, we, we were looking to anticipate to have a family gathering. And finally, it did come. It was a great time. But there's something that happens when we are with loved ones, right? There's this pull that we have. And, and it's so, it's hard to explain, right? It's just there in our hearts. But when we think about God, it's the same thing with us. The feelings that you have for your loved ones and the feeling that you have when you work with the people that you love and you say, oh, I'd like to stop the time. Have you ever been in a situation where you're around the table and you say, I'd like to stop the time and leave it the way it is because it's kind of a perfect moment, right? And the reality is it's, we know things go, go forward and it doesn't stay there. But, but you know what I mean when you have this attachment and you have this connection with other people? Well, God has that with me and you. And the ultimate message of the gospel is that God wants to be with me and you. And it's really hard to understand and to grasp that the creator of the universe wants to be with me. And, and I look at my own journey, and you can look at your own journey. How many times that did God, how many times did God encounter me? in my devotion or in worship, and it changes everything, right? When you experience God for yourself, and, and, and when you look at the message that we find in the Bible, it's a message of God wanting with us, be with us. You look at Adam and Eve when they were created in God's image. What did God want it to do? He wanted to walk with them in the garden. And he wanted to have free will. He wanted them to also want him. And he also wanted them to make a choice of wanting to walk with him. But the reason why we are here, and I don't understand the master plan. I don't understand how God thinks or how God moves. But I know one thing is that he made us for fellowship. He made us to be with him. And you find that in the book of Genesis. And then you look in the book of Exodus where God is talking to Moses and he says, and he talks to the people, he talks to Moses, and he says, then have them make a sanctuary for me. What he's saying, he's, he's saying to the people, do they want me? Let them build something so that I can be there. And he says, 
and I will dwell among them. So, so God is saying to Moses, build me a place and I will dwell among you. And that's the heart of God, right? So amazing when you think about it. And there's another verse that you find in the Old Testament that is really uh, the, the John 3.16 of the Old Testament. Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 7. And, and God is talking in the third person. And he talks about us. He talks about his people. It's unreal when you think about it. It says, and God is talking about himself here. He says, the Lord your God is in your midst. That's what he always wants to be. He wants to be in your midst. He wants to be in my midst. A, a, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet, quiet you with his love. And he will exalt over you with loud singing. This is God talking about the people, his people, talking about me and you, that he loves me, he wants to hold me close to him, but he wants to sing over me. He wants to rejoice over me, you know? I, I was reading a commentary by Robertson. He was saying that the Old Testament, um, like it says that the, the Holy One should experience ecstasy over a sinner is incomprehensible. And that's what God does. He rejoices over me and you, and, and his desire is to connect with me and walk with me. I think it's so amazing. It says in John chapter 14 that Jesus, when he was talking to his disciple about his departure, it was saying, you know, I got to go, and the Holy Spirit will come, and the Comforter will be with you. You'll never be alone. And I, I'm going to go, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And sometimes we look at this and we say, oh, we're going to have a mansion in heaven. And, uh, and we try to imagine how it's going to be in heaven. But, but really the story is not about mansions in heaven. It's that Jesus has gone to preparing us a place because he wants us to be with him. It's pretty amazing, right? All of this Christmas story is about him wanting to be with us. It's a, this divine pursuit. It's the grand story of the gospel is God wants to be with me. We were having, we had a conversation yesterday afternoon at our house on this topic, and we were overwhelmed by just the thought, and we know how we are, and we know our journey, and we see God wanting to be with me like I want to be with my family, that he sees me this way, he says, Claude, I want to be with you. I want to walk with you. I want to be part of your life. I think it's so amazing, right? And it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22, it says, and in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. He wants to live in me, and he lives in me, and, and it's so amazing, right? And, and so, so when we look at what we're celebrating today, we're celebrating the message or the truth that God wants to be with me. God's ultimate desire and the pinnacle of the gospel, or the heart of the gospel, or the why of the gospel, and the why of Easter, it's God wanting to be with you and wanting to be with me. In the book of Revelation, that is the last book of the Bible, at the end of the book, you know when you read or you watch a movie and you're waiting for the punch, right? You're, you're, you're watching the movie and, and the plot is moving and you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And in chapter 21, we see the goal or the purpose or the end of the story of the why. And then, ah, oh, it makes sense. And my prayer is that it would make sense to you. It says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3, I heard a loud shout from the throne. 
he heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tears from their eyes and, and there will be no death and sore or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. But, but you see in the book of Revelation, at the end of the book, we see the reason for all this. It, and it, it says that I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. So beautiful. There's not a message like this. There's, no other, there's not a message that compares to that. God's home is, is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. And so, so what I want to share to you this afternoon is that God wants to be part of your life. And, and you might understand that. But, but sometimes what happens is that we get caught in all kind of stuff and we forget that the ultimate goal of God is to be with us. So I don't have to feel alone. And there's some of us that Christmas is not a fun time. It reminds you of someone you lost. It reminds you of suffering. and even reminds you of how you were raised where it was not fun Christmas. And sometimes what happens is that you feel alone. And especially if you lost a loved one, right? You feel alone. And you might be with your family, but inside you have a void. Well, Jesus wants to fill that void. Jesus wants to be personal. Jesus wants to be in your life. That's the heart of the gospel. And if you say, Lord, get closer to me. I want you closer to me. He will. Because that's his intent. That's why he came. I remember reading in the past this book, Being a God Chaser, that we're called to pursue God. And we're called to pursue God. There's nothing wrong to be a God chaser, but there's something way deeper than being a pursuer of God. It's to understand that God is pursuing me. God is pursuing me, right? So, uh, so I, I'm not called to live alone or to feel alone because he's with me. In John chapter 14, verse 18 says, I will, never, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And an orphan is someone that is on, our own, on his own, fend for himself, doesn't have, any, doesn't have an inheritance, and, and doesn't have father or mother figure. And, and Jesus says, I won't leave you as orphan. I'll take care of you. In Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirit are crushed. So he's, he's beside you, walking with you and wanting to heal your heart. So I need to know that God is with me. I, I, I don't have to feel overwhelmed. There's some of us that we are overwhelmed. Anxiety is high in today's world, right? There's a lot of stress, family stress, financial stress, health issues, and sometimes we get overwhelmed. We think about the future and we get all anxious. Well, the, the reality is God is with us. And, and you know, Sometimes we say this, we don't realize how real that is. Sometimes we say to someone, hey, I'll pray for you, and we don't realize how powerful that is. And God really wants to walk with you, and he really wants to relate to you, and that's why we're here. I, I like Isaiah 43, verse 1. I remember singing this when I was a teenager. It says, fear not. I have redeemed you. I have summed you by name. I've, I've called you by name. You're mine. When you pass through the waters, you will, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you over. They will not, over, they will not sweep over you, sorry. 
When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. So he's saying, like, whatever you go through, I will be there. And he will be there because that's what we're celebrating today. The fact that Jesus is Emmanuel, that he gave us the Holy Spirit, and that he's walking with us every day of our life, that we don't have to be afraid. And that's what we find in Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not be af- do not, so do not fear, for I, am lo- uh, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you, uphold you with my righteous right hand. I think it's so amazing, right? And so, so when you think about Christmas, it's part of the ultimate, God, the ultimate plan that God had for us to be encountered by him and for us to know him on a personal level. My last point here is I don't have to feel unworthy. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Before we came to the truth or before we came to know him, he died for us. And one, one of the things I say often, one of the things I see in God's people is there's so many people walking in guilt. Never good enough. Never good enough because you're looking at your own effort. You're looking at what you can bring to the table. The reality, I can't bring nothing to the table. It's just the story of grace and the story of God's love. So because of his divine pursuit, I don't have to feel unworthy, you know, <clears throat> God desires to be with me. And I just want to wrap up with the same verse I read a while ago. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. The Lord is your God. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. The question is, how do I respond to this amazing pursuit Will I ignore it and just live my life and close my heart? Will I take it for granted? Or will I embrace it? Let it change me in the inside. Let him encounter me. And will I walk in it where I will give it away? I will give this amazing love to other people. And I will do to others what I receive from God. But what I want you to get this afternoon is that This amazing story of the gospel is a story of God wanting us in his life. That's the beauty of it, that he wants me in his life. Amen. I would ask you to stand. Father God, we we stand before you today and I don't have words to explain. I don't even understand it myself. That you rejoice over me. That you take, you take pleasure in me. That you are looking for me. That you desire me. Lord, I don't want to close my heart. I don't want to close my heart to this truth. I, I don't want to take it for granted. Lord, I want to receive this love. I want to understand this and I want to grow in this. That you came because you wanted to be with me. Lord, I pray that that would change the way I live. I pray that would, that would influence 
how I live and where, I, where I'm going in life, that I would be conscious of this amazing love story of a God that loves his creation and that wants to dwell among it. Oh, Father, I just give you glory and honor today. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the gift that you've given us so that we can be reconciled with you so that one day we will be at this table and we'll feast with you and remember this amazing story of grace. So I just pray, Father, for your love to filter in every heart that everyone here would know and experience the fact that you desire to be in their life, that you desire to be present. Mm, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.